Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, it's a new spacecraft for a new era. NASA is set to launch Artemis 1, the first phase of a program which will pave the way for humans to return to the moon and eventually go beyond. Also this morning in our community and business spotlight, how Jeffrey Manfine Jewelers became the area's leading retailer of man-made diamonds and why it matters. And Executive Director Heather Clough will be here to tell us what's happening. We'll talk September events at the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, August 29th, 2022. Today is the International Day Against Nuclear Tests. International Day Against Nuclear Test. It is also Chop Suey Day. <laughs> so there is that. Uh, lemon Juice Day today. It is Motorist Consideration Monday. Now, I know that's probably going to be hard for a lot of folks. Motorist Consideration Monday. <laughs> Uh, individual rights day, more, more herbs, less salt day. And it is according to Hoyle day. Have you ever heard that phrase? You don't hear that phrase as much, uh, anymore these days, uh, according to Hoyle. And if you're younger generation, you have no idea what that means. Hoyle is kind of the, uh, go-to reference for the rules of just about any card game out there. Uh, they, for years, they published books with rules, official rules for various types of card games, everything from hearts to canasta to bridge and, you know, everything else. Um, so it's according to Hoyle day, they were sort of the reference for all things card games. Anyway, according to Hoyle Day today. So reasons to celebrate today. If you need a reason to celebrate. Um, This seems like an appropriate story to lead us off on a Monday. According to a new study, compassion fatigue is on the rise. (laughs) So if you wake up grumpy today, it may be that you are suffering from a case of compassion fatigue. Now, they do point out healthcare workers are in the highest category of those suffering from compassion fatigue. Healthcare workers account for about 52% of cases. Compassion fatigue is a psychological term used to describe emotional or physical exhaustion leading to a limited ability to empathize or feel compassion for others. The condition is similar to work burnout, except it is caused specifically by helping others. Uh, So, and I'm thinking in the wake of the uh, pandemic, when we are all in this together, we're going to pitch in and we're going to help our fellow man and all of that. And uh, I think that it's probably not a surprise that people have compassion fatigue. And we're just, I'm tired of caring about others. (laughs) I'm just grumpy. Um... It says compassion fatigue can be caused by trauma, like being a nurse during the pandemic, or more commonplace helpfulness, like being a friend's go-to for advice. Eventually, you get tired of it. 
you know, I'm happy to give you uh, advice. I'm happy to be the shoulder you can cry on, but enough already. Have you ever had that with a, a friend or a family member or something like that? I hear you. Yeah, sometimes it is uh, just too much. Setting boundaries, engaging in self-care, eating well, meditation, and journaling are ways to combat compassion fatigue. So if you wake up today and you're just a little grumpy and you know, just um, not very empathetic with others, uh, this may be what is going on with you. So some ways to counter that. And of course, remember, it is Motorist Consideration Monday. <laughs> That's the first thing that I thought of when I saw that Motorist con Consideration Monday. Uh, we've got this compassion fatigue story here. Interesting uh, <clears throat> juxtaposition there. So the uh, big news today, and we're going to talk about it on the uh, program here uh, in the uh, next hour, a little bit later on. Um, the uh, launch of Artemis 1, NASA, set to launch Artemis 1. It is the most powerful rocket ever. And it's an unmanned mission, but it is the first step in returning to the moon. And this is the most powerful rocket they have ever launched. They say they're going to feel this uh, from the launch pad at Cape Canaveral all the way as far north as Jacksonville. So... This is this is going to cause an earth rumble of massive uh, proportions when it lifts off, hopefully this morning at 830 or thereabouts. The window is open at 830 and uh, it'll be open for a couple of hours. There is some weather in Florida that may or may not make it necessary to scrub the mission. We'll see. If they do scrub it, I think the next launch window is something like Thursday or Friday, I believe. So maybe it'll go off today. And if it does, Krispy Kreme has a new donut. Well, one way or the other, whether it goes off or not, Krispy Kreme has a new donut to celebrate the Artemis One mission. Uh, let's see here. The donut has a cheesecake filling and is dipped in cookies and cream icing that includes chocolate pieces Uh that are uh, that look like the moon chocolate pieces look like the moon okay uh crispy cream says the artemis one mission is a proud moment so they created a donut to enjoy while fans watch the launch the limited edition artemis so you hope that it goes off today because the limited edition artemis donuts are available only today from crispy cream uh so if they have to scrub it and they can't launch until friday does that mean we're out of luck with the uh, with the donuts, so get them today, and if it doesn't go off, you can uh, put them in a an airtight baggie. And you'll have them for <laughs> you'll have them for Friday. May not be as fresh, but there's over the weekend. The uh, last of the NFL preseason games had the first college games of the new season, and the final NFL preseason games. And uh, there were some interesting matchups, um, but in the end, nothing really matters. Uh, opening weekend of the season is a couple of weeks away, the NFL season. And with uh, football being back, legendary quarterback Tom Brady is taking home the title of the league's top player in 2022. Now, that's not me saying that. Uh, the... 45-year-old star quarterback 
topped NFL Network's annual list of the top 100 players. And what's interesting about this list, because anybody can make a list of the top 100 players, and, you know, it's it's purely subjective. You know, even if it is NFL Network, and you think, well, they should know, but even they don't compile the list. I think what's interesting about this list, NFL Network's annual list of top 100 players, it is voted on by the players themselves. So who better to know? And so I think this is the definitive list of the top 100 players in the NFL because it's voted on by the players themselves. Tom Brady is number one. Aaron Donald, the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams, was second, followed by Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay quarterback, at number three. So there you go. NFL's regular season set to kick off next week. But I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Donald, and Aaron Rodgers, the uh, top three players in the NFL, according to fellow players. Make of that what you will. Uh, Let's see. This is good news. Very good news. Um, For the first time since the beginning of the pandemic, it's another sign that life is getting back to normal. Finally. The Air Guitar World Championship is back on in person. Hallelujah! The annual event has given the world's top faux musicians (laughs) the opportunity to flaunt their skills since 1996. And on Friday, air guitarists from around the world took to the stage in Finland to battle it out, equipped with nothing but the song of their choice. The championship's slogan is Make Air, Not War. (laughs) And according to their official website, the purpose of the Air Guitar World Championships is to promote world peace. It also says wars will end, climate change will stop, and all bad things will vanish when all the people of the world play the air guitar. Well, there you go. What I don't have... Uh, is the uh, is the winner? This was on Friday, or did they just gather on it? Was it held over the weekend? I don't know. Anyway, it just says the story. The point of the story is the Air Guitar Championships, World Championships, are back to uh, in person. So it really doesn't matter who won, does it? I mean, just the fact that we're having them again, I think, is reason enough to celebrate. So there you go. And uh, lastly, among the first things that you need to know. This morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, a dog in the, and I don't know why this jumped out at me, but this story jumped out at me, so I thought I would share it. A dog in the United Kingdom has uh, become something of a celebrated artist, an artist, a dog has become an artist, primarily his uh, medium of choice is his own urine. I kid you not, one of his recent works, Pee on a Pole, (laughs) ended up looking very similar to the silhouette of a man holding a walking stick. The image of his creation was posted online and was met with outstanding reviews from the critics who referred to him as Barksy, like the anonymous artist uh, Banksy. You know, that's if you travel in art circles, you know Banksy. This is Barksy. Um, and if that's a little too modern, a little too avant-garde for you, uh, others dubbed him Picasso. Picasso. 
A simple bathroom break has made him an acclaimed figure online, and his masterpiece received over 93,000 upvotes on Reddit. But in a photo of the pooch that was uploaded with the original post, the small tan dog looks unsatisfied with his work. Um, So, obviously, Picasso, yet another tortured artist, but... (laughs) You know it won't be long before his stuff is in galleries and up for sale, uh, and people are paying big bucks for Picasso's work. There you go! Because, you know, human beings... There you go. Uh, that is uh, some of the most interesting and buzzworthy news to start off your Monday morning. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Partly sunny today, a chance of showers and storms, a high of 87. Showers are likely tonight, a low of 68. Law enforcement agencies from across northwest Ohio were in Finley to say goodbye to an area canine officer that had to be euthanized due to an aggressive cancer. K9 Tommy performed many duties for the ODNR and the people of Ohio over his five-year career, including locating drugs and human remains. Sergeant Tom Miller of the Hancock County Sheriff's Office says Tommy and Officer Berger have been an important part of the Northwest Ohio K-9 Group. You can see videos of the tribute to Tommy on the website. As more new cases of E. coli are reported, doctors say not everyone sickened will feel the same impacts. Health departments in Ohio and Michigan continue to track the growing number of E. coli cases. Doctors say some folks may be impacted more than others when it comes to severity of symptoms. Those with compromised immune systems, along with the elderly and kids under five, are less likely to bounce back quickly from E. coli and are more at risk to be hospitalized. WTOL 11's Amanda Fay. Congressman Tim Ryan of Ohio says he'll be joining President Biden for the groundbreaking of Intel's new semiconductor facilities in the Buckeye State next month. Intel is going to invest what they're saying up to $100 billion into Ohio to manufacture these chips that have helped driven up inflation that we need for our cars and all the technology. Appearing on CNN's State of the Union, the Democrat called Intel's investment the biggest, most transformational economic development project in Ohio's history. Ryan is running against the Republican J.D. Vance for the U.S. Senate seat being vacated by Rob Portman. Ohio is making more than $2 million available for college students with disabilities. The state agency Opportunities for Ohioans with Disabilities will provide all eligible college students with a disability up to $1,000 while they're participating in the program. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. So America's space program is really having a moment right now. On the heels of the Webb telescope comes Artemis 1, a mission in which NASA is launching not only a new spacecraft, but it's really the launch of an entirely new era in space exploration. The first phase of the program which will pave the way for humans to return to the moon and eventually go beyond. And joining us to talk about this historic mission is NASA expert Najud Maranci, chief of the Exploration Mission Planning Office. So what is the goal of Artemis 1? Is this just kind of test it out and make sure that it works? Or you know, what are you hoping to do with Artemis 1? 
So that you really, in a nutshell, that's exactly it. Artemis One is our uncrewed test flight. So we are flying the Space Launch System rocket and the Orion spacecraft for the first time. Um, because we can use advanced software and communications, we don't have to risk people on the first flight. So our goal here with a very ambitious 42-day mission is to make sure every system is operating so we can put crews on Artemis Two. So 42 days, that is uh, pretty, I was going to ask, uh, you know, some folks may remember firsthand, uh, others may have studied the Apollo program, and uh, it took eight, I think it wasn't until Apollo 8, where we actually went and, and circled the moon and, and came back. And obviously it wasn't until Apollo 11 when we actually landed somebody on the moon. So how does that compare uh, how does how does the Artemis program differ from Apollo? So Artemis differs from Apollo. Number one, um, we're building out systems to be sustainable. So as we build these systems, we intend to be able to do longer and longer missions, keep building systems. Do We're looking to get up to 30 days on the surface of the moon, 30 days in lunar orbit. So you can have very long missions, which is very different from Apollo. We're also looking to go to the South Pole on the moon where there's permanently shadowed craters, where there could be water ice, there could be a lot of scientific and geologic interests, which tells us about how the Earth formed. So a lot of differences from Apollo, we intend this to be sort of an everlasting program so that we can continue building the systems we need to go to Mars. So how long will it take until we are ready to send humans uh, back to the moon? Uh, because again, it was 11 flights uh, or you know, 11 missions of Apollo before we got back to the moon. What, what is the time frame here? So the time frame here, we're looking to put crews on Artemis 2, and we will send them out around the moon. So they will go okay. do a cislunar orbit mission on Artemis 2. When we get to Artemis 3, we look to be landing on the moon already. Though. Wow. So we're looking, so by Artemis 3, to have flown the systems. So it depends on how you count things, too. We will have an uncrewed demonstration of the lander before Artemis 3. So there's some, depending on the math you're using, more than just the three flights. But a, a lot of the systems will be able to be checked out. We're doing very complex missions to do those checkouts so that we can be a little aggressive um, but certainly safe as we take crews to the moon. So as we mentioned, this is the program that will take us not only back to the moon, but beyond. Is Mars still the goal? Mars is still our horizon goal. It is very far. So while we're talking about 42-day missions to the moon being aggressive, uh, it's a two-and-a-half-year mission, that type of mission to get to Mars and come home again. So, you know, as we build these out, it's only a few hours to go to Earth orbit. It's a few days to go to the moon. It's months to go to Mars. Yeah. So you need to keep building the systems. We just need more and more stuff, more reliable systems in order to enable that deep space exploration, which is why it's our horizon goal. Yeah. So that's still uh, much further out on the horizon. It's not like Artemis 3, you're going to the moon. Artemis 4, you're going to Mars. It's not... <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, we need way more stuff to get to Mars. So yeah. a lot of work to be done. Now, we mentioned that this comes on the heels of the uh, Webb telescope. Are those two things related in any way? I mean, will the images that you are getting from the Webb telescope help in plotting out that eventual mission to Mars? Because obviously this is deeper into space than humans have ever gone. They're not that closely linked, right? Webb okay. is looking into deep space. Um, Mars is essentially in our solar system. Gotcha. So we, we have lots of imaging surveyors, things like Curiosity and Ingenuity and stuff like that that are already happening on Mars. So they're not tightly linked, but um, a lot of the same people, all experience in space 
NASA uses to inform other missions, just getting better and better at it. So um, always getting lessons learned from those vehicles, even if they aren't exactly linked in what their missions are. Yeah, so for the lay pe- uh, person who may uh, be thinking, is there, uh, so it's more coincidence these things are happening at the same time than anything else. Yeah, truly it is. I mean, both of these programs, these systems have been in development for a long time because yeah. they are very complex. Webb is the most complex space telescope ever built. We're building some of the most complex human exploration at the same time. Just happened we all sort of finished up and get to have a really (laughs) big, really fun year here. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. What are you uh, looking forward to or or excited for most about this mission, Artemis 1? So for this mission, just seeing it happen, number one, represents the work of thousands for many years getting to this point. But in particular, in this mission, it'll be the furthest a human-capable spacecraft has ever been from Earth. And when we get Orion out there, it'll be 40,000 miles on the far side of the moon in a distant retrograde orbit. And we'll be able to take that picture with Orion, the moon, and Earth all together, proving that we got there. And so just the challenge of putting it all together, and that'll sort of culminate in representing how far we've come right there. 42 days is a long time to hold your breath. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we're going to have to breathe a little bit, going to have to sleep a little bit, make sure the, the mission control teams get lots of food, but it'll be a great mission. Um, you know, we mentioned, obviously, the technology is so much further advanced than the first time that we went uh, to the moon. And that actually benefits uh, uh, just, again, average folks as well, because we can track and, and see what's going on with this, unlike uh, anything ever before. Where do folks go uh, to learn more about the flight and kind of uh, track this mission? So the easiest place to get to to start would be the nasa.gov website, which will have lots of links to the Artemis pages or use your search engine to search NASA Artemis. Um, Lots of, you know, visuals. There's a a system where you'll actually be able to track Orion in space, um, showing the real time telemetry. So, so many opportunities to follow along for this mission. Great stuff, and uh, really looking forward to it. An exciting new era in uh, space travel. Najud Morancy, again, is chief of the Exploration Mission Planning Office at NASA. Thanks very much for being with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Now, the Good Mornings Community and Business Spotlight. Visiting in the studio this morning with Jeffrey Mann. Do you realize, I mean, this is crazy, there's a jewelry store named after you. (laughs) Surprising, yeah, it's been happening for about 38 years. Okay, all right, very good. Well, as long as you're aware. uh, Yes, Jeffrey Mann, Jeffrey Mann Fine Jewelers with us uh, this morning. And uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about, really, you've gone all in on man-made diamonds. How long have these been around? So, Chris, the process has been around since the 50s okay Uh, originally general electric created that process and they were used to grow diamonds that were ideally used for the industrial cutting industry sure that makes sense fast forward about 10 years the technology became so good and so consistent that they could grow a jewelry grade of diamond crystal and it's really only been about the last three to five years Mm -hmm. that they've caught on within the jewelry industry as being used for an engagering type diamond. So when you first were introduced to the idea of man-made diamonds, did you have a a bit of a reservation? Oh, yeah. Three years ago, three and a half years ago, I would have said, I, I said, I will never carry a fake diamond in my store. Um, Clearly, I was uninformed and misinformed because mm-hmm. 
man-made diamonds are 100% real diamonds, but I, I had that same kind of aha moment that now I ask my customers to have. Once you learn about it, once you understand what it is, yeah. and the light bulb goes off, I did 180. It's like, why would I want to buy anything but a man-made diamond? So what was that, that aha moment for you? For me, it was the price to value to realizing that I wasn't buying something substandard or less quality. What I was actually being able to buy and how ultimately able to sell is, in most cases, a better quality, larger, higher grade diamond for about half the price of what a mined diamond is. So I'm, I'm able to give my customers more for less. And and why is that? How How is that? Because, again, that's sort of counterintuitive because, you know, we have, I'll just throw out an example, cultured pearls. And yes. those have been around for a long time. But the quality is noticeably different for a lot of folks. So the, the cool thing is the technology allows a diamond to be grown above ground in a matter of months versus millions of years underground. Because that process is so much faster, Mm -hmm. we're able to keep the cost down. The other thing is that nobody really gets into. You're familiar with a company called De Beers, I assume. Right. De Beers has been controlling the diamond market for the past 150 plus years. Mm -hmm. Due to that level of control, they were able to, in essence, control prices, manipulate pricing to a degree. Mm Mm-hmm. Lab-grown diamonds, man-made diamonds, are freely traded. The market determines what the price of those stones is. So you've taken out all of that extra, and you're, you're just dealing with a you know with the product. And in our case, we buy directly from the growers. I got into this so early, and we have become honestly so big. The things that I'm able to purchase, the deals that I'm able to make are just unbelievable. You mentioned De Beers, to say the least. There is a lot of controversy with respect to the diamond mining industry and the diamond trading industry. This kind of bypasses all of that. Yes, there are. there is no blood on a man-made diamond. Yeah. Um, there, there's, a, there's a lot of really great benefits, um, a lot of really great reasons to look at man-made diamonds and to buy a man-made diamond. The biggest thing that we found is really more getting our clients educated on the difference or really the lack of difference between a mine diamond and a man-made diamond. So just to be clear, they have the same chemical, physical, and optical properties. Mm -hmm. What I hear from my first-time customers when we're talking about man-made is, okay, Jeff, I'll bet you can look at it and tell the difference. I can't because there is no difference to tell. Wow. Um, so what what can you do with, I mean, I'm assuming since they're just like regular diamonds, you can do all of the same things that you would do with regular diamonds. 100%. There's no, there's no limitation. They are, again, because of the same material, they are just as hard. They sparkle the same. They look the same. They act the same because they are the same. Other than the big determinant is the price. We're about 50%, sometimes even 50% or less than a 
mine diamond. That's where that's where the winner is. That's pretty significant. And you can create pieces. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you know you have uh, all, you know variety of pieces in the store, but you can also create uh, pieces. Yes, we are we are full line. So if if you're looking for um, to custom create something, we have that ability. We deal with some of the best and finest jewelry designers uh, really in the country. Uh, for, for a store in Toledo, Ohio, we compete with a lot of the major market stores. And what about uh, jewelry repair and you know things with like heirloom pieces or existing rings? You can... All, all the above. Uh, we have an on-premise goldsmith as well. So we do all of the um, repair, setting, sizing, yeah. whatever you may need. We do on-premise. And we typically can turn it around in just a matter of a couple of days. So if, uh, say, grandmother's wedding ring uh, loses a diamond uh, or, or something, would you recommend replacing that with a, a man-made diamond? So it depends what it is. If if there, there wouldn't be a reason in most cases why I wouldn't suggest it. Mm-hmm. We have rings that we sell where the center diamond might be man-made. But the okay. smaller diamonds that are already in the in the mounting okay. are mine diamonds. There's no knock on doing that. There's mm-hmm. no way to tell. So, uh, yeah, we can. So, if folks want to learn more, where are you located? So, we are located on Monroe Street uh, in Toledo. We are just west of Franklin Park Mall. And I would imagine you can show people, I mean, that's the best way because obviously you can show people exactly what you're talking about looking at them side by side. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you're, look, if you're skeptical, and I understand if you are, take a look. You know, you can hit our website, jeffreymanfinejewelers.com. There's a lot of really good information there. But ultimately, your own two eyes are going to tell you. Um, the other nice thing is our man-made diamonds are cut the same they're graded the same they're certified the same as mine diamonds so once you get established the origin of the stone above ground or below ground everything else remains the same and by the way just to throw this out there holiday season is right around the corner we are just so, yes <laughs> we we are uh, very you're very much that. working already for holiday season. <laughs> I'm sure. Jeffrey Mann with us uh, this morning. Jeffrey Mann Fine Jewelers, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. The Community and Business Spotlight is a promotional advertisement paid for by the featured sponsor. This is Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update of the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. You know that old saying, you mess with the bull, you're going to get the horns. (laughs) A Florida man has been found guilty of a hate crime in Tampa after his own victim restrained him until the police arrived. (laughs) The uh, incident occurred on August 8th in uh, Seminole, Florida. Uh, Prosecutors say um, the man targeted his victim due to his race and skin color. During the incident, uh, the man confronted the victim, yelled racial slurs and attempted to force his car off the road. 
during a face-to-face confrontation that ensued, the victim, who just happened to be a martial artist, <laughs> held his attacker in a chokehold until police arrived. <laughs> Uh, the man now faces up to 10 years in prison because it was designated a hate crime. The uh, uh, racial epithets uh, and he said the racial slurs that he uh, uh, was hurling at the uh, victim made it clear it was a uh, hate crime and faces a decade in prison. The moral of the story, know who it is that you're messing with. <laughs> Be careful who you're picking on. Because it might just it might just turn on you there. Mm. Good for him. Held him in a chokehold until police arrived. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, this from the uh, international file, and uh, it just proves that dumb criminals don't just reside in this country. A 1960 Bentley being shipped from Canada to Australia was found to contain over $100 million in cocaine and methamphetamines. Uh, Officers found the substances after they x-rayed the vehicle. Uh, I don't know whether it was uh, at the port of entry in Australia, someplace uh, along the way, I don't know. But they discovered over $100 million in drugs. Some of them were even hidden behind the headlights. Police apparently reassembled the vehicle and delivered the car to see who would retrieve it. They took the drugs and they put it back together and then they uh, put it out there uh, to see who would come and claim it. Uh, Two men (laughs) did show up to claim it and were arrested in connection to the incident. Here's the thing that makes this crazy to me. It's a 1960 Bentley. I mean, wouldn't you think that if you were going to do that, And I would certainly not advocate doing that smuggling drugs inside of a car. But wouldn't you make it a little, I don't know, less notable, noticeable? Wouldn't you make it something that wouldn't stand out? I mean, a 1960 Bentley is not, you know, like a, you know, like an old Ford or something like that, that, uh, you know, would maybe blend in a little bit more. Or even like a current model vehicle would probably blend in a little bit better than a 1960 Bentley. It just seems like a very strange vehicle to choose to for that purpose. But uh, anyway, interesting. Moving on, um, <laughs> a Texas family got a rude awakening recently when they found a stranger showering in their home. <laughs> Wake up in the morning and, oh, somebody's in the shower. Who is that? As a complete stranger, when police arrived... At the home in Cypress, Texas, last week, the man was taken into custody after a brief chase. The homeowner reported the man apparently gained entry through an unlocked back door. Moral of the story, lock your doors. Officers booked Jose Luis Navarrete into the Harris County Jail on a burglary charge. Burglary? What, he stole shampoo? I'm... (laughs) How would you like to wake up and find a stranger in your shower? Be a little disconcerting. Speaking of uh, disconcerting things, a surprising emotional support animal paid a visit to some park goers over the weekend in Philadelphia. Wally the alligator made an appearance at Love Park to socialize. (laughs) 
possibly to help with his campaign to win the title of America's uh, favorite pet, uh, the world's largest pet competition. Um, Animal Kingdom, the uh, world's largest pet competition, looking for America's favorite pet. Wally and his handler, Joey Henney, walked through the park taking pictures and answering questions, making sure Wally got lots of back rubs and hugs from people. Hugs? Really? Hugs? An alligator? Um, Ms. Henney uh, took the rescued gator, took in the rescued gator in 2015, and since... Uh, since then, has helped Wally educate and comfort people from seniors in community centers to fans at minor league baseball games. I don't know if they showed up with a, an emotional support alligator. <laughs> I'd say, no, thanks. I don't need any emotional support. I'm just fine. Thank you. Wow. Emotional support alligator. I've seen a video uh, of this Wally the Gator. Uh, is just kind of walking through the park, and then they've got a splash pad, apparently, at the park, and Wally walked up and just kind of plopped down and made himself comfortable there. It was very warm, I guess, over the weekend in uh, Philadelphia. Anyway, weird. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, (laughs) (laughs) there is ordering delivery, and then there is taking that to an extreme. Travelers hiking Japan's Mount Fuji earlier this month became hungry and uh, decided to place a delivery order uh, through a a local uh, delivery service app in Indonesia, there in Mount Fuji, uh, to uh, order snacks. Uh, Gojek uh, was the uh, the app that they used, a popular uh, delivery service overseas. They're hiking Japan's Mount Fuji and decided to <laughs> to order some snacks. And believe it or not, they were actually delivered. The uh, delivery man hiked up the volcano for six hours to deliver the food to the hungry climbers. Now that's dedication. And hopefully they left a good tip. And they are not the only hikers to get delivery. Uh, August 20th, so about a week ago, Another climber on Mount Fuji ordered Domino's <laughs> and got it delivered. <laughs> Man, that's uh, that's dedication to the delivery uh, process there. Uh, there you go. Uh, that is uh, some of the uh, broken news this morning. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less. Of Hancock County Veterans Services, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. And yet another major brand just announced it's halting all social media advertising. The two most overused and abused words in advertising are truth and trust. They are the two most precious commodities for all brands, big and small. As an advertiser, you have to trust your partners to protect your brand's truth. Using the media consumers' trust. Radio, it's on. This message provided by WFIN. Time now for your daily download. The numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. So we're, what, uh, about 90 days out from the uh, midterms? Maybe a little less than. I haven't done the the math. But, uh, you know, we're getting close. And, you know, the countdown is on. The uh, midterms. And already... People are looking forward to 2024 
and the next presidential election. And according to a new USA Today Ipsos poll, I was just flabbergasted by this. But this is what they say. Again, this is a USA Today Ipsos poll. Senator Bernie Sanders has the highest favorability rating among 23 possible 2024 presidential candidates. 23 possibles. Bernie Sanders has the highest favorability rating. Of those surveyed, 46% had at least a somewhat favorable view of the 80-year-old independent who unsuccessfully ran for the Democratic presidential nomination in 2016 and 2020. Now, uh, 41% had an unfavorable opinion. Um, but he's not underwater. Um, President Biden was in second place with a 43% favorability, although his unfavorability rating was notably higher at 52%. So... Senator Bernie Sanders, really the only one who is not underwater among the 23 possibles in terms of highest favorability rating. Now, again, it's way, way early, but uh, kind of interesting. Uh, Former President Donald Trump had the same ratings as Biden, which is interesting. 41 percent or I'm sorry, 43 percent favorability, 52 percent unfavorable rating. So Biden and Trump are neck and neck again. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris had uh, the next highest favorability rating, followed by former Vice President Mike Pence. Uh, Biden and his aides say he does plan to run for a second term in 2024. There's been a lot of speculation about whether he would. And, of course, uh, Mr. Trump has all but said he's going to run again, too, though he hasn't made the official announcement. Um, For his part, Bernie Sanders said back in June that he will not run if Biden runs for re-election. So a lot can change, but it's just kind of interesting. This is the latest uh, USA Today Ipsos poll about the uh, favorability ratings among the 23 possible candidates who are viewed as the uh, most likely candidates to declare. Executive Director Heather Clough is with us in the studio this morning to tell us what's happening in the month of September at the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts. And uh, it's kind of the calm before the storm, actually. Uh, really start to get busy next month and into the uh, autumn and, and into the winter. Yeah, and even later this month a little bit, but we've got a couple of quieter weeks, which we're happy about. I'm going to take a deep breath and uh, get ready, uh, finishing up uh, some of the summer stuff. We are, yeah. So we have the last food trucks coming, our okay. food truck court, as we call it, in our parking lot on September 14th. Mm-hmm. So that's the last one of the season. Okay. Uh, we switched to monthly this summer and it's gone really well. So I think probably that's going to be our format going forward. Okay. Um, and we've got uh, other fall things kicking off. I think that's the last summer thing. Yeah. The uh, art clubs for uh, fall. Yeah. The now. signups are happening right now. Okay. Um, those are the visual art clubs with Jason Wagner. Okay. And there's um, three, like K through two, three through five, and six through 12. You meet six times. What what are some of the things that that they will do in the uh, art clubs for those who uh, may be interested or maybe we've piqued somebody's curiosity? Yeah, well, they're very age appropriate. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the the younger children are, you know, making masks or paper bag art, things like that. And then it's more advanced for the older students. Okay. um, Jason's an art teacher at the high school and he, he... 
engages them. Yeah, <laughs> There's a lot of paint and glue. And <laughs> it's so important to, to get kids, uh, you know, hands on and that uh, expressing their creativity and, and all of that. So whether, you know, through you theater, they're doing that uh, on the stage or some other medium through the uh, art clubs. Uh, it's just to, you know, uh, cultivate that creativity. Yes, that's exactly. And it's something, even if you don't become an artist later yeah. in life, it's something you continue to do throughout your life mm-hmm. or participate in in various ways. Well, if you don't become a professional artist. Right, right, right. right. Everybody's an artist. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> also have uh, coming up a number of the uh, virtual author uh, discussions. Yes. Uh, I think the last time we had you here, we were talking about this uh, collaboration uh, in conjunction with the uh, Finley Hancock County Public Library, uh, bringing in virtually a number of authors to talk right about and some bigger names. Works. Yeah. yeah, so it's exciting. We partnered with the library to do this virtual series because the organization we're working with can get those bigger names Mm -hmm. and you can watch them live so you can register and then watch them when they actually happen or if you're not able to attend like some of them are a little later at night for me Mm -hmm. and um, I just watch the recordings later but they're really fascinating I love hearing authors talk about their work so you can actually uh, do that right there at the marathon center um, so, no, we or, haven't had any live events oh, yet, so we were going to have some yet. watching parties, but we haven't okay. scheduled any of those okay. yet. But, but yes, in the future, we okay. plan to do so that. So we look forward to that. But in the meantime, there are some really uh, yeah. terrific uh, authors that you are uh, Pulitzer Prize winners. Yeah, yeah it's very Coming exciting. up in the and, the, and those are uh, listed and the uh, links are up on the website, yep, right? on our website and on the library's okay. website. Very good. Uh, then get into the uh, later part of September, starting to get uh, more shows and really starting to gear up. Here. Yeah, yep. September 15th, we have uh, our next Live at Arms show, which is that small hall series in Arms Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, it's with Jocelyn and Chris, who are this amazing rock duo, but they're doing a semi-acoustic set. Okay. Her voice has been compared to Janis Joplin's. She Ooh. was here. They were here couple of years ago and now i think mm-hmm. um and it's it's shit yeah they are high energy young band but fantastic and they're starting to open for some big names so see them before we won't be able to afford them next time i don't <laughs> think <laughs> and again this is the uh the great uh intimate setting uh the lions with arms series uh that you can just kind of Almost mingle with everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. Most of the artists hang out after and you get to talk yeah. to them. And Yeah, but there's really tables cool. and it's club style. And mm-hmm. We only see like 120, so it's very intimate. And uh, again, tickets for that are on sale now. Yep. Uh, you also have, uh, let's see here, a couple of other uh, things. Well, th- before long, we're going to get into the uh, season. Season ticket sales continue. Yes. So here's some news. Johnny Mathis has sold out. Wow. <laughs> So you knew we, that was going to happen. I it was did. just a matter of yeah, time. It, yeah. it happened quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a waiting list, so um, okay. you can do that. But you have, can buy tickets to all the other shows still. Um, those are available, and those kick off middle of November with the the Rock of the Seventies show with the Guess Who and Firefall. And- yeah, that is going to be a terrific show, and uh, really, it is a it's a. Uh, Again, we were talking before, a shorter season in terms of the number, a smaller season in terms of the number of shows, but, uh, you know, really big, big shows. Yeah, these are big names for us. Mm -hmm. This is where these are costing us more than most of our other seasons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're putting the same amount of money into four shows instead of 12 shows. Yeah. Now, uh, with that said, there are also some, I know of at least one that's coming up with Michael W. Smith that is outside of the regular series that is is also happening. And again, a lot of folks know Michael W. Smith's name. Tickets are going really quickly for those. Um, And just a little 
information that that's a rental show. So an outside promoter is bringing that show in mm-hmm. and where we there's no risk to MCPA. Uh, which is great because yeah. we can bring this great music to Finley, right? But we're not putting any, we don't have any financial risk. Yeah, so you're just uh, basically the venue. Just the you're venue. just the host, exactly, uh, for the show that is being promoted externally, right? Which is how often does that happen? Quite mm-hmm. often, actually. Um, I can name you know half a dozen of the last shows that people like the the ABBA show that we did that okay. was a rental okay. a lot of the tribute shows are rentals okay um Michael Cavanaugh when he's been here that's been a rental show now does does that happen sometimes before an artist goes out on tour and they want to just like a dress rehearsal type of thing no we're part of their tour okay but okay. a lot so of artists put yeah. it on the tour yeah okay. and sometimes you know if my season is full and an agent approaches me about a show I'll say we don't have space for it. They'll reach out to an outside promoter and get the show in as well. Oh, okay. So a We're number a of venue, ways. Yeah. yeah, a lot of things that kind of happen behind the scenes that people don't uh, realize, but it does give us the opportunity to get some uh, shows here in town that we ordinarily maybe would not right. see. Right. And I don't, it doesn't bother me when people confuse them for one of our shows. I'll take, <laughs> I'll take credit for Michael W. Smith. <laughs> Absolutely. Again, it is a uh, terrific, and, and again, uh, the tickets are available on the MCPA yes, website absolutely. Uh, for that. But again, going quick. They so. are going What is quickly. the date on that one? That's, uh, oh, you're quizzing me. And I, it's, man, I, it's still- I saw it. Uh, hang on just a second here. Let me, the I'm one I didn't write up. down. <laughs> uh, November 3rd. Thank so. you. November, November 3rd. 3rd I'll know next time. <laughs> right, around the, uh, right around the corner. And with that in mind, again, whether they're rental shows or uh, kind of one-offs, you're always looking at you know additional uh, performances, additional dates. Absolutely. Things will come down things will come down the pike outside of sort of the regular right the big stuff. season that we do yeah. announcements so again kind of a peek behind the curtain on how the sausage is made here you're always looking at, uh, at oh i am absolutely yeah. you know I'm, I'm already looking at broadway shows for next season because mm. that is such a long timeline yeah um the live at arm shows i i book on a rolling basis so i'm always looking at those mm-hmm. you know it really depends on the genre how far out they book but i'm all, we're always talking to promoters and agents just so they know where we're here and what's coming and that it they is, can bring shows in. Yeah, it is kind of interesting because, you know, again, you make the big announcement for the big season. Sometimes people think, well, that's it. Uh, but you're always busy and always looking at uh, different uh, performances, different acts, different types of shows. That kind yeah, of absolutely. I mean, there is a little lull right after we announce. I get a little break. But yeah, I usually, like I said, I'm already talking about Broadway. Yeah. So, uh, again, lots of things to look forward to. But uh Tickets for some, uh, some some good shows that are coming up, some things that are coming up uh, later on in this month. Kind of a lull of the beginning of the September, but things are really start to uh, heat up. Still the uh, season tickets available and all of that. And uh, again, Marathon, uh, the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts, mcpa.org. We've got the link up at our webpage as well. And uh, Heather Clough, thanks very much for dropping by. We thank appreciate you. it. And with that, we put the wraps on our podcast this morning. want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, that is goodmornings.net. You can also connect with us on social media, contact us via email, sign up for our daily email newsletter and more. Again, goodmornings.net is our little corner of the World Wide Web. Until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.